Like it's really cool. So, so yesterday, as, as this just popped in my head, thinking of what we just saw. Uh, yesterday, there was a district prayer summit for for basically leaders and pastors around the district, and we had some people show up too, and just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the Lord showed up. It was really cool. I, I was like, we we come in, and there's the platform. Logan was honored to get to lead worship there. We come in this big room, and there's no chairs in the room, <laughs> which means everyone had to be up front and close. And uh, it was really neat. And the Lord showed up in a very, very powerful way. And if you saw any of the pictures on Facebook, it's just incredible. But the um, Lord showed up very powerfully, and we were waiting on, we, <laughs> we were all kind of waiting on Logan to finish packing up his stuff. <laughs> and we probably should have been helping Logan pack up his stuff, but we were all talking, watching him. <laughs> But uh, that's right, Ken was helping you. But, um, and I don't know if it was Tosh, or I don't know if it was Tatum, I don't know if it was Tim. Like, I know it was in that general direction. Uh, made this comment, and they said, you know, it's really amazing. It was a great service today, great prayer meeting. And they said, but uh, we get to experience this every week. And, uh, and, and like, it just blessed, I don't know who said it, but it just blessed my socks off. It, it really, really did, that, that we're witnessing the Lord moving um, yeah, with, with an increasing yeah. regularity. Amen. Yeah, increasing regularity. And it's like we, we, we plan and we pray, and then we plan and we pray some more, and the Lord comes in and just yeah. messes up the plans. But it's a lot better that way. So I'm thankful. Amen. Amen. All right, so I don't even know where to start. Uh, look, look at look at First Corinthians fifteen, and and um, I'm going to try and give some language for some stuff today again. Uh, we've talked about revival family, and, and one of the things we talk about a lot is the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and a lot of ways are used very synonymously, but. Uh, we want to, I want to give some language like when we say your kingdom come, like what are we really asking for? And we say you're hosting the presence of God and you're hosting it, like what does that really mean? And so we'll get there in just a second. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 15, I, I shared part of this, uh, this on our last Revival Friday, and it's just been, um, it's, I think it's actually very profound that, that the Lord's just allowing me to finally share this part again um, after what just happened. But 1545 says, So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam, and so we say the last Adam, the second Adam, we're talking about Jesus, okay? But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. That's why when we say we're born fallen creatures, you're, you're born in the natural, but then when you're born again, you're born of the Spirit, okay? And so, so the first man from, is from earth, earthy, this is where everyone giggles. The second man is from heaven. So Adam was literally born of the dirt, born of the earth. The Lord took Adam and formed him in his hands and went and breathed life into him. So, but he formed him from the earth. The second Adam is from heaven. Jesus is from heaven. He was <laughs> conceived of the Holy Spirit, born from a virgin, right? So 
So he just, I don't know how that conversation played out in heaven, but it says before the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. And so there was a conversation in heaven well before we were even existed. And, and I don't know how it went, but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's there uh, eternally existent with each other. And, and they're like, well, these guys are going to mess it up. And the Son's like, I'll go and I'll be the, be the atoning sacrifice. And, and then, then we come and, 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 and then Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. It's just absolutely hard to wrap our heads around, but let's just wrap our heart around that instead, all right? And so he came and he was born of the Spirit. He's from heaven. As is the earthy, so are those who are earthy. You could read that, those who are of the flesh manifest the flesh or demonstrate the flesh if you want to go another step. And as is the heavenly, so are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. So we read this, and, and we shared this uh, just a few weeks ago at Revival Friday, but, but the first Adam's from earth, we established that. The second Adam, Jesus, is from heaven. And so if Jesus is from heaven and Adam is from the earth, I would like to ask the question, who do we most relate to, if that makes sense? Who do we most identify with? Because in our fallen nature, it makes sense. Adam messed up, he's in. Eve messed up, they sinned. And we say stuff like this, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And, and, and there is truth to that. And we sing songs about that. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But, but truthfully, it's, it's, it's like true for like that long. And then it's no longer true. Because you were a sinner saved by grace, but now you're a son and daughter of God. And now you're a, actually the Bible calls you a saint. Or now you're an oak of righteousness. Uh, uh, um, Isaiah 61. You're all these different things. And so what, what I believe the enemy has done is he's twisted it to continue to relate to the fallen nature of man. But when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that person's actually dead and gone, right? The, the old is gone. The new has come. And that's who we should be identifying with. And you're like, well, I don't know about that, brother. That seems like pretty high standards. Well, yeah, it really is. But guess what? You don't have to keep the standards because you've been crucified with Christ in the life that you now live. It's Christ that now lives inside of you. And so you're not keeping up the standards. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's keeping up the standards. If that's not a holiness message, I don't know what is, by the way. <laughs> so if we're born again, if we've given our life to Jesus, then I believe it's illegal to identify with the person that's been dead and buried in baptism and come up again. I want to identify with Christ. 1 John 4, 17, one of my favorite verses. As he is, so are we in this world. That'd be heresy if it wasn't in the Bible. All right. So we said this, but you, you literally identify with where you were from. Like we've talked about this. Reddicks are from Michigan. Neil and Jerry's are from Missouri. The Wellses are from Kentucky. Uh, 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 Milton's from all over. <laughs> I, I drew a blank. But last place you were from was Illinois. But... Uh, April's from Kansas. I'm from Ohio. Like, like you relate to where you're from. You, you really, really do. Go Buckeyes. But anyway, it's coming. Someone's hissing at me. You identify with where you're from. You identify with where you're from. 
even the rights, like, like hopefully we'll go see them tonight at 6 p.m. at Shepherdsville Church in Nazarene because they're doing revival down the road. But they even said, like, they identified, like, they got really convicted. They said they, when they go places, they, they say we're from Kansas. And then they got convicted. They're like, no, that's not our home anymore. We identify with being from Kentucky. And so they're saying they're from Kentucky now. And so it's like, yeah, because it's their home church. So, so the first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. And as is the earthy, so are also those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so are those who are heavenly. Just as we have been born the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. That is the greatest privilege that we have as a son and daughter of God, that we actually bear the image of Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. That, 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 like it, like it's, a, it's an honor to be able to bear that name and to be able to demonstrate him here on earth, right? And if we believe Matthew 6, 10, on earth as it is in heaven. And, and we do, or at least I do, and I hope eventually before you die, you're actually convinced of it, okay? But then we should look like where we actually came from. That's right. Adam's from the earth. He looked like from the earth. He fell from grace. And, and the Lord's good, and he does stuff, and, and he redeems, and there's grace and mercy, and, and there's justice. There's all these things. But Jesus is from heaven, and if we're in Jesus, then we got a change of address. You no longer receive your mail from here. How about that? It's up there. And that's, so and it sounds so silly. I say it sounds, it sounds silly because I believe the enemy's conditioned us to think this way. Oh, I can never live up to that standards. You're absolutely right. You can't, but Christ in you can. So we, so if we're somewhat from somewhere, we identify with a place, and we identify with the characteristics of that place, right? We we laugh about my accent sometimes, and me making up words. I'm Appalachian. I identify with the accent from Appalachian. And we were talking yesterday. I'm Appalachian, and we spent most of our adult life in Texas. So it's like this weird Texan Appalachian type thing. I identify with the characteristics of these things. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.20, very familiar verse says, therefore, and we'll skip a lot of verses. I shouldn't when it says therefore, because it's like, what's it there for? But, but anyway, therefore, it's a corny preacher joke. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though, this is wild too, we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us. I'm an ambassador for God, or I'm an ambassador for Christ, as if God was making an appeal through us. And then Paul goes on, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we're from somewhere else. And, and if you want, like, I'll just say this and pretend like no one knows anything. But an ambassador, an ambassador, if we had an ambassador, if, 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 the, if, if for some reason I got elected ambassador from the United States to Egypt, I don't know why I think, picked Egypt, but it'd be neat to see the Sphinx and the, the pyramids. But anyway, if I was an ambassador, I would go and I would represent the United States to Egypt. And it wasn't that I was going to adopt their culture. I'm actually going to manifest or to demonstrate American culture to Egyptians. And there would be that embassy there as well, which you could probably say is the church. But anyway, there would be that embassy there where the rules and regulations of Egypt do not pertain there in that place. 
but actually the rules and regulations of the United States are what counts right there in that embassy. And so I have this place that has the rules and regulations of the United States, and when I go there, I'm not going to conform to their standard of living. I'm actually going to bear witness to the standard of living that's here. And if we're an ambassador, it means that I'm sent from heaven, which means I'm sent from this place that has the rules and regulations of the kingdom of heaven, and I go, and when I live my life as an ambassador for Christ, I am bearing witness to the place that I am from. I'm no longer from Kentucky. I live in Kentucky. I get that. But I'm actually bearing witness to what's there everywhere I go. So then when you're in your workplace, you're not just going to work to earn a paycheck. You're going to manifest the kingdom of God. You're going to demonstrate the kingdom of God with love and grace and mercy and peace and righteousness and joy. We're going to talk about that here in a second. But you're going to, to literally look like heaven on earth. They may not know it looks like heaven on earth, but it's going to look weird and it's going to look peculiar. It's going to sound different. It's going to respond different. It's going to think different. Why? Because you're from somewhere else. You're from somewhere else. <laughs> oh. We're from the kingdom of heaven. We're from the kingdom of God. And it's interchangeable. There's some slight differences. I'm not going to get into that today. But let's just say this. You're from the kingdom. And Jesus preached. Jesus, like Jesus offered salvation. But Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Mark 1. I'm going to go through three verses just to show this. And I could have pulled from a list of like 40. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after John, John the Baptist was taken into custody. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God, the good news of God, which is, <laughs> you were a dirty, rotten sinner. You don't have to be anymore. You were incomplete. Now you can be whole. You were lost, but now you can be found, whatever. But in verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew 10, 7, 8, life verse. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, now freely give. This one really um, got with me this week, but anyway. Luke 4, 42 through 43 says, but he said to them, Jesus, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So Jesus is saying, he's not just coming, he, and this is so counterintuitive and so different from what we were taught, but, but he came saying, he came to preach the kingdom. He's come to preach like what's there can be here. And that's like, I'm coming to restore that which was lost. Not just those who were lost or who are lost. He said that which, what was lost. Well, the relationship that the Lord initially intended for his people to have in Genesis 1 and 2. And, and then or really between Genesis 2 and then before the fall of man in Genesis 3. He came to restore that. And so when we say that the kingdom is at hand and when we say we're a church, we're a kingdom-minded people. Or when we're saying we preach kingdom and we want the kingdom, we want to see on earth isn't it when, when we say this it's like what in the world does that actually mean like when jesus is saying that like we understand king is, kingdom is two words and this is review a little bit but king's domain it means that the rules and regulations the laws the decree everything that 
is there. We're asking for it to come out here, all right? So that's kingdom. So what does it look like? And I believe if we understand what the kingdom actually looks like, it's like, you know, we all, like, I remember what it looks like at home, where I was born, where I was raised. I, if I understand what it looks like, it's easier for me to demonstrate something and to live it out. And so if we understand what the kingdom looks like, it'll be easier for us to demonstrate this in our day-to-day -day lives. All right? It, it should be. So what does the kingdom of God look like? Here's what Paul wrote in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You want eating and drinking, it means eating and drinking, but, but it also could be read like this. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with the external things of life. <laughs> Which would be like this. Yeah, yeah, that'll hit here in a second. But, but it means like this. Like the kingdom of God, when I say I'm, I'm from the kingdom of God, it's like, well, what's that like? Well, I don't do this. I don't do this. I do this. I don't do that. I do this. I don't do this. And, 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 and if we would say we rewind at 50, 60 years, I don't, don't go to the theaters and, and I got to cover my, my arms and my ankle, all this stuff. And, 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 and while I understand those things, but, but if it becomes about those things and those rules and regulations, we're missing the point. It's not about external things. Now, I'm not telling you to abuse the freedom that we have in Christ. I'm saying, listen to the Lord, do what he says, and I think you're going to be okay, all right? How However, if it becomes about this and this and this, and I can check it off and I'm Susie Super Christian, then we're probably missing the point, right? Yeah, that's right. It's about demonstrating this stuff. It's not about the external thing. External things are part of it. It's like in Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. It's not about the signs. It's about believing. Okay, and so it's about the heart of the matter. And so when we live this stuff out, it changes everything. And when we live this stuff out, like I, like this will this this mess with some people, and I and, and I think some won't like it, but it's okay. Like I don't have to think about not sinning. Come on, what do you mean? Because he's in me. I'm not gonna look at another woman lustfully. That is not even a thought in my mind. I'm not, I'm not going to yell and scream and berate someone. Like, now, sometimes I, I'm like, I feel the anger rise up, but the Holy Spirit checks me. It's like James 4, 8, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. We talk about that a lot. It's not about resisting the devil and he'll flee. It's about submitting to the Lord. It's about, it's about making our yes to him so loud that everything else becomes inconsequential. I don't want to have to struggle with stuff. I just want to say yes to him. And so, so when we say the kingdom is at hand, and, and when we say it's not about eating or drinking, don't now there's some stuff, you know, just don't do dumb stuff. Don't do stuff that you know is sinful. But I'm saying that that shouldn't even be a thought anymore because you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, no, brother. It's not about what you eat or drink. It's not about your wear. It's not about what you own. April's favorite verse is everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. <laughs> so the kingdom is about, the kingdom is literally about who you are in Christ and who you're becoming in Christ. It's about who you are right now. It's not about who you were. It's about who you are and who you're becoming. 
and it's about what's available. So, if it's not about eating or drinking, what's it about? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. It sounds too, it sounds too simple, right? It's like it's too good to be true. Well, it's probably too good not to be true. We are becoming, I want you to understand that when you give your life to Jesus, like you are the righteousness of God and you're becoming the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God and you're becoming the righteousness of God. Righteousness, this is review, it means to be made right with, to be put in right standing with the Lord. It also means that you literally become, you literally, if you're the righteousness of God, you become a gift of charity. Right. <laughs> you're a recipient of charity and you actually become a gift of charity. And so if I'm the righteousness of God, it's actually charity to the world around me. Well, that sounds arrogant. No, because all of creation is waiting with anticipation for the sons of God to be made manifest. So, so it's us demonstrating this stuff out. Second Corinthians 5.21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Right? Jesus was with no sin because he's from heaven and there can be no sin in heaven. Think about it. There's no sinners in heaven. There's only saints. Well, how can I be a saint? His blood washes me clean. But he made him who had no sin to be sin on our behalf, not so that we could be good people, not so I could be a good church person, but so that I may become the righteousness of God. He made him, to be, he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. Like, that, that seems like a bum deal for the Lord. <laughs> right? Like, like, if he wanted to put his righteousness on display, then, like, just leave Jesus here forever. I mean, that's the way we think. But he says, no, I actually see so much value and potential in my people that Jesus is going to willingly lay his life down so that he'll take on everything that we are, everything that we were, ours is a poor way to say it, everything that we worry takes that on so that, ha, now all you guys can demonstrate my goodness. Now all of you were made in his likeness can actually bear his likeness and demonstrate his likeness. You're not sin waiting to happen. You're not sin waiting to happen. If the body of Christ would get that revelation, like you don't have to struggle. But I struggle. I, I understand that you struggle. I'm saying you don't have to. You are the righteousness of God. Which means that, again, if I'm the righteousness of God, if I'm, I'm going to relate more to Jesus than I am Adam. Which means that when I'm like, and it sounds so simplistic, but if I get angry, I'm like, if I start to, I started to feel it this week. Someone said something, it went right through me. Occasionally, old Michael comes out. So I'm just, it's like, it's squeezed in the right way. It's like, boom, something comes out, right? Well, it started to come out and I felt it and I felt my blood raising and I felt the sweat popping out of my forehead, which typically happens. And I felt it start to come out and I'm like, I'm not identifying with that person anymore because that person's dead, right? Or if you're like, I would struggle with lust and, and porn or whatever, you could say like, when you start to feel those things come on, you're like, I no longer relate to that person because they're dead and gone. I'm going to relate to the purity and the grace and the self-control that's in Christ. 
Christ Jesus, right? Or I'm going to not no longer relate to the jealousy that I used to feel when someone else got a job promotion or they got blessed. I'm not going to I'm no longer going to identify with the spirit of why not me? I'm going to relate with him that says I'm so happy and excited and so thrilled for you, right? Because maybe your breakthrough is reason enough for me to believe that I'll actually get one and I'll celebrate what the Lord's doing in your life. You understand? I will no longer identify with those things. I'm going to identify with the person of Jesus. And you're like, well, that almost sounds like you're trying to talk yourself into it. Absolutely. <laughs> if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that you'll be saved, you will be saved. I mean, if you declare, if you say it long enough, you're probably going to believe it. All right. I'm going to identify with the spotless, holy, perfect Lamb of God because He paid that price for me too. So we're becoming, we are the righteousness and we're becoming the righteousness. It's not like, arrived, you know? <laughs> it's... I mean, there's some stuff that's like the Lord convicted me on immediately. And then there's some stuff that's like the Lord speaks every day. And He changes. Oh, changes all the time. All right. Yeah, I won't share that. We're also becoming the peace of God. So when we say we're the kingdom people, or when we're proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, we're becoming peace and we're demonstrating peace. What's that look like? The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace means harmony, tranquility, freedom from worry. It's, it'd be the same principle as shalom in the Old Testament. And, and honestly, this is probably the most difficult one to manifest, right? This is the most difficult one, I think, to demonstrate. Like, I, I can... I mean, like, I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And then everything happens bad at one time. And it's like, I just lose, lose my whatever. I just lose it all. And I get in the frantic. Because we all have problems. You have family and friends. <laughs> you have problem family members. We have family, friends, finance. You name it. There's problems in this room represented. I mean, and the Lord was dealing with some of them just a few moments ago. But the kingdom of God is full of peace. I'm from a place, you're from a place that's full of peace. And I believe that in today's culture, that this could possibly be the most important one for us to demonstrate. In a world that is frantic, it's like, I, I, uh, I, and, and I'm not telling you to do this, because like, I, I like social media, but I, I deleted, I, I, deleted um, I deleted Instagram and Twitter, like just deactivated the accounts and just boom, boom. And stuff I had like for years. Why? Because it was like I was, and I know you could turn off notifications, but I always felt anxious. I needed to check notifications in case someone said something. And I didn't respond back to them because, and then I just started getting anxious all the time. And I started worrying about all this all the time. It sounds so stupid. But I was, and I was like, I'm just done with that. Thump, thump, delete. Who cares? I'm not going to let it stress me out anymore because <laughs> that's not from the kingdom of God. But I think in this world where we're, 
pressured by push notifications all the time and always created anxiety, 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 anxiety. And the way marketing and everything is, it's a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. What does it look like? Jeremy's shaking his head. That's what we do, isn't it, when we market? We do it right now. And the kids that play Fortnite, it's like you can only download this thing and within the next two hours or it's going away or you don't get it. It creates this stuff. Uh-oh. I love it. But it would look really weird. It would look really weird in our day-to-day lives for other people if we never got stressed out. Like it would. It's like, well, why aren't you stressed? Everything around you is going to hell in a handbasket, right? Why aren't you stressed? Well, I started to. And then I remember that I have Christ in me. And if he's in me, and Jesus was always full of peace. Actually, Jesus, there was a storm raging around Jesus, and he actually fell asleep during the storm. And he got up and just went, boom, and told the storm to be still, and the storm was still. So I'm trying my best to identify with him. Now, now it starts to well up in me every now and then, but I'm like, no. He said, the peace be still. I'm going to be still in the middle of this, even when the boat's rocking and the waves are coming over, and it feels like I'm just going to get swept out into the sea and, or, or I'm just barely treading water. I'm going, to, I'm going to relate to him. I'm going to relate to him and not to the old person that's no longer here, that's dead and gone. Does that make sense? It would, it would freak people out. It would. I'm telling It would. It's like, why aren't you losing your lunch over that, man? Well, because he's inside of me. Well, uh, and, and, and let's be honest, like, everyone knows everything that's going on. <laughs> you try to have some sense of privacy, people think you're weird. But <laughs> they do. They think you're nuts. It's like, well, you should be brought. No, some stuff I don't want everyone to know. But anyway, it's like, but most people can tell when something is going on. Most people know when something's going on. But if you can look at it and say, it's going to be okay, it's different. What if, and, and I've said this before, like the problems that we have are no different than someone that does not know Jesus. We have the identical problems. We have the identical problems. It doesn't make us impervious to problems. It just means that we know that it's going to be okay, that he's got a plan and a purpose, that he'll take seven times what the enemy took and he's going to give it back, right? Or he's going to restore what the locust stole or he's going, to, he's going to meant what the devil, he's going to use what the devil meant for harm and he's going to use it for good. Like even if I don't feel those verses and even if I'm struggling believing them, I'm going to hold on to them and I'm going to read them and I'm going to declare them and I'm going to say, it over and over and over and over again until I begin to believe it to such a degree it becomes truth in my life. Yeah. Kind of let you in on like my life right there. That this is this is what I do. I, just because I'm ministry doesn't mean we have don't have problems. We got stuff. We got issues. We do. But the Lord helps. I'm not going to identify with those things because those things aren't where I'm from. I'm not saying pretend like those things don't happen, those bad things don't happen. I'm saying, Jesus, this is what your word said. And I sure, I sure am struggling with it right now. I'm struggling. I feel angst. I feel anger. I feel hurt and broken. 
but your word says that you give peace beyond all understanding. Yes. And so could you help me to live this out? Because I, I don't, I sure don't feel like living it out right now in this moment. Could you really help me? And he's really good and he is going to help. And sometimes it's moment by moment by moment that he helps us. And if you lose it for a minute, there's grace. All right. We're becoming the joy of God. We're joyful when we're becoming joy. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I love that Paul wrote it two times. He's like, rejoice in the word always. And if always isn't enough, just rejoice again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> always literally means always, by the way. <laughs> it means never not be joyful. <laughs> never, never stop being joyful. Well, what if I, what if I, struggle well he's going to help he's going to help he's going to help he's going to help he'll sustain joy means gladness it means a state of rejoicing it could mean happiness that's happiness not in the way we define it but it could also be defined as spiritual contentment <laughs> it's like some things happen and it's really hard to be joyful let's be for real right some things it's really hard to be joyful but I'm in this place of spiritual contentment. And it's like, Lord, all this around me stinks right now, but I'm still going to be joyful because you haven't changed, even though what's around me hasn't changed, right? All right, so, joy, and joy isn't something that can be taught. It has to be caught. Joy isn't something that's taught. Like, I can teach on joy till I turn blue in the face. But I can't make, I can't like teach you into it. Like it has to be, I, and I say caught. Like I think it's like, I picture, I was trying to, uh, 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 Baylor Wright like sends, she has like Facebook Messenger for the kids. And I was trying to send her funny gifs the other day. And I found out that you can't send kids gifs because they're worried it's going to be inappropriate. But anyway, I was looking for one and I was trying to send her one where this guy, this is a short chubby guy chasing a chicken. And it was really funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wanted to send her that. And, and it's like joy. I think sometimes it's like we're that short chubby person chasing the chicken around the yard trying to get it. But when you get it, it's like, I got it. Right? I got it. There's not, <laughs> I'm victorious. And sometimes we got to chase that thing around until we actually grab it. But when you grab it, don't let it go. And because the moment you grab it, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy Right? He comes to still kill and destroy, but he came that I may have life and life abundant. And so I'm going to hold on to that. And by the way, like, I think we need to be okay with more than just quoting, he came to give me life and life abundant. Because the moment you start to live it out, people's going to be like, oh, you can't be that happy all the time. Yes, I can. And yes, I'm going to be. <laughs> so anyway, we catch that joy. And how do you catch joy? Well, if you're sad, don't listen to like Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On on repeat. <laughs> Never listen to it anyway. If you're sad, don't listen to, I, 
Don't listen to country, I say country music. If you listen to country music, that's fine. Don't listen where the dog ran away, my life, my wife left me, and, and, and I'm just going to go drown in my heart. Don't listen to stuff like that, right? Begin, turn on something that's actually encouraging. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Or even that song we just did that I felt like the breath of God was all over it. Do it again, Lord. I've seen you move. You can move the mountains, and, and something begins to raise up inside of you, and you actually begin to believe it. You catch that joy. <laughs> Chase that chicken. Come on. <laughs> There's the new hashtag. Chase the chicken. We <laughs> it is. Can't make this stuff up. By the way. There's I, like, so anxiety and stressed out Christians are the worst. <laughs> and, and, and I just drank a gallon full of pickle juice. Christians are the worst. It's like, like, like if you're going to be a grump, don't tell anyone you're following Jesus. If you're going, like seriously, if you're going to be hateful or sassy, just, just, just don't even tell anyone you're following them. Because what? Why? Why would it's like? Why would I? You're telling me my life can change, <laughs> and I'm going to look just like you? No, thank you. I think I'll stay with what I got. Right? <laughs> like seriously? Like like no? Like I, I'm I'm just it, it's like the people that drive like maniacs on on the Waterson, and they have an Ichthu sticker on the back of their car, and they're cutting people off and and giving a one finger salute if you're driving too slow. Don't do that. You understand? Like we get to bear forth the image of Jesus. <laughs> Be happy. I don't feel like being happy. I I know. Sometimes it's hard. But catch the chase the chicken. <laughs> Grab a hold of it. Don't let go. And this is what I want to give you permission to. If you start feeling down and out, because I can teach something like this and say stuff like this, but the tendency would be to start receiving guilt and shame and condemnation if you don't feel that way. And that's where you need this family to come alongside of you and say, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You're not joyful. I'm going to put my arm around you and I'm going to weep and cry with you. I'm going to weep and cry with you. I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you through this. And, and, and if you're not feeling guilt, or if you're feeling sad, depressed, lonely, I think the Lord can touch that. And sometimes it's a season you walk through. Don't receive guilt for, for having to walk through that. You know, it's like Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's, it's one, it's only a shadow. And two, you're walking through it, which means you're going to come through it. But we're going to be here to walk through you with it. That's why it's so, so important what the Lord's doing here right now. Like I'm hearing stories, like calm people, people's hanging out. Because you may not be joyful, but I'm going to be joyful for you. Okay? All right. So we get to demonstrate this stuff out in public. I don't even know where I'm at. That's all right. And by the way, joy is, it's funny because the opposite of joy is like anger and bitterness, right? 
and it just takes one seed of bitterness to spread like crazy. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and I used you like, used Bob as an example. Like if Bob and I were working in the same place, and I had a problem with my boss, and I go, Bob, I can't stand my boss. I think they're, I just hate him, and I should have got promoted, and not them, and this, that, and the other. So what happens? My bitterness spreads from me into Bob, and it goes all over. Okay, joy is the same thing. <laughs> There have, there have been days, there have been days where, like, I get home, and it's been a rough day, and my wife comes in, and she's like, hey, what's going on? Like, it's impossible to be, like, damn, when she comes in like that. It's infectious, and vice versa. She comes in, it's the worst day ever, and I'm like, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Take the pops, but... <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's infectious. So here's the last thing. You're like, well, this seems really hard to do. And again, you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why when Paul said the kingdom of God is not just it's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. In like you can't fake joy. You can't fake peace. Like, well. If I feel like it and I'm trying to be, am I faking it? I don't, I don't think if you're in the Holy Spirit, you're not. I think it's actually the Holy Spirit in you that's doing it. And if we're not in the Spirit, then it becomes about these do's and do nots. Like, and that's what his, well, do's and do nots is what's wrong with the doctrine of righteousness today. People's like, oh, you're legalistic. Well, I don't believe I am, but I know that some are because it becomes about the do's and do nots. <laughs> it's like, I don't have rules to just live my spirit. So, which means, Logan, I think I'm probably going to do something because it'll be awkward without any background. So this is what I want to do. I actually want to pray, and I actually want to just pray a prayer of impartation of this today. And um, because, like we say, we want the kingdom, so like we realize that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's right here. It's not just there, it's here. On earth is in heaven, it's here. And then if it's righteousness, joy, and the Holy Spirit, then... This is what not only are we living out, but it's what we're demonstrating. And if we're going to win a city, if we're going to win a city, this back here. If we're going to win a city, this this is really what you do. And it's like what what's like Tatum's been planning outreaches, and and I believe we got this really great one coming up in Thanksgiving time. But but like we could do a bunch of stuff. But if we're not demonstrating the righteousness and peace and joy of the Lord, then we're doing it for nothing. See, without righteousness, peace, and joy, and this is a great organization, we'd be the Kiwanis Club, right? Instead of giving tithes and offering, you're paying membership dues. That's not what it's about. It's about demonstrating this and showing people that, like, look, there is a better way. That's when Jesus came, came the, the, the gospel, it means good news. The good news is that you can be filled with righteousness. 
you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The good news is that you can be filled with peace and a peace that goes beyond all understanding, which means it's like, dude, it makes no sense that you're peaceful right now. It's like, I can't even understand it, right? That's, that's peace that goes beyond all understanding. The good news is you can be joyful.